Hi there, I'm Paul Irwin and welcome to the pros.com podcast, where we discuss all of the relevant issues to help you succeed as a freelance translator or interpreter. We cover sales and marketing, networking, cat tools, and much, much more. Find out more at anchor.fm slash pros. Hey there, Paul here, and welcome to episode seven of the pros.com podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about blogging, specifically a blogging strategy that really converts a blogging strategy that has worked for me over the course of many years, and I'll be sharing that with you in just a second. First of all, a quick reminder to please head on over to training.pros.com if you haven't already, and check out the fantastic courses that we have available there. We have the very popular voiceover course. We have the how to get more clients course. We have the mcispros.com online translator training program. And we also have courses for interpreters. So really a wide range of courses available at training.pros.com. Right, let's jump into today's main topic, which is all about all about blogging and all about how to blog effectively. Now you might call it blogging, you might call it article writing, or you might just call it content creation. It, it doesn't really matter. And as we will see, it doesn't necessarily need to be a blog. It can be content somewhere else on your website. So the first thing is, if you don't already have a website, then I would strongly recommend that you work on getting one in the near future. That is going to be essential for this strategy. Now, once you have your website and you're ready to start blogging, then what's how, how does this work and how does this strategy work? Well, it's very, it's very straightforward, but it needs to be done in the right way. So you need to create content or you need to write about your services. You write about the services you offer to directed at your target audience. So you're not writing for translators. You're not writing for friends and family. You're not writing just for the fun of it you're writing to attract your clients. And again, this requires that you have actually identified your target clients, and that's a, an exercise uh, in and of itself. But assuming that you have a good idea who your target client is, well, then you are writing You are writing for them. So you're going to create content on a regular basis. So it might be a weekly blog post. It might be a blog post once every two weeks. It might be a blog post once every once every month, whatever it is, try and stick to a regular schedule as much as possible and write for your audience. And when you're writing for your audience, you're going to include keywords. So if you are a French to English translator based in London, then that's a keyword. So French to English translator and London, those are keywords that you are going to to look to include in your writing. Now, you don't need to worry too much about this because if you if you write about your services, your specific services for your target audience, then a lot of the, the keywords will take care of themselves. But you do need to have an idea what your, what your keywords are and make sure that you include them in your blog post writing. Now, you don't need to engage in what's called keyword stuffing. That's very, um, that's, that's what people used to do. In other words, uh, really identify their keyword and try and uh, stuff it into their writing as much as possible. It looks, it look, tends to look uh, quite unnatural, so you don't really want to do that. And also, apart from looking unnatural, you can get penalized by Google. So you definitely don't want to do that. But you want to write naturally for your audience, including those keywords. So 
Let me give you another example. If you're a financial translator based in Germany, then you are going to include financial translation, financial translator Germany, financial translation services Germany, financial translation services, maybe the city that you're in, in Germany, those those kinds of, uh, of keywords are going to be included in your writing. Now I can see you're thinking, well, this is all very well and good, but how does this actually work? So let me, let me explain how this works now. So over time, as you write, your blogs or your articles are going to get indexed by Google. Google is going to identify the text that makes up your articles. It's going to identify the keywords and it's going to start to show your articles and they don't need to be articles, it might be content anywhere on your website. It's going to show those articles on Google when people search for a specific term. So now, going back to those keywords, if someone is searching for the keyword French to English translator London, and you have a number of articles that include those keywords, then you are likely over time to show up in the Google search results. So now your articles, your blog posts are going to show up in Google when people search for a particular keyword. What happens What happens next? They search for that keyword, they find your article, they don't really read your article and this is a, again a, something that is quite hard for people to understand. People don't read a lot of web content, they click on the article to see if it's related to the service that they need. So once they're on your page, they can identify that you are a provider or a potential provider of the service that they are looking for. Remember, you are targeting potential clients. So what happens next? Well, what you should have on your page is a call to action. So a call to action is normally going to be a button that says, get a free quote. That tends to be the best type of button that, that in, my, in my opinion works best for translation services. So get a free quote, no obligation, free quote, quote your, quote your translation, whatever you want to say, you might choose slightly different words, with a button that is normally going to be in a slightly different color to the rest of your website. So call to action buttons are often green, like a, a light green color or a bright orange color, because you don't want people just to come to your website and have a look around and, and then leave. It's like someone going into a shop and having a look around and then leaving without buying anything. You want to take them to the next step of, of the process. Now, of course, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to take everyone to the next step of the process. This is really a percentage a percentage game, but if you can get lots of people to your website who are potential clients, then some of them are going to go through and click on that call to action button. What happens next? That call to action button takes them to a contact form. And on that contact form, you need to have it set up to make it easy for your clients. What I like to see in a contact form, obviously name, email address, a company name, although I, I wouldn't necessarily put that as a required field. And I would also like to see a space where the client can immediately upload their file. Now, this is not the only way of doing it, but I like I like this way of, of doing things for translators. So you invite a potential client to immediately upload their file for translation. They can select the language pair as well from a drop-down menu if that's 
if that's not obvious. And then they can hit submit. They can also include some additional additional comments. You might have an additional uh, free text portion where they can write something about the the project that they are that they are working on or that they need translating. So you do need to think carefully about your contact form because the way your contact form is set up is going to affect is going to influence whether people fill in that contact form or not. Sometimes contact forms just look a little bit hard to navigate. Sometimes it's difficult to upload a file or it's not possible to upload a file. And all of these things are things that can can really throw a potential client off track and the end result can be that they don't fill in the contact form. So of course you don't want that. You need a nice, clean, modern contact form. So if you have this on your website already, then that's absolutely fantastic. If you're not, if you don't, then how do you go about how do you go about doing this? Well, if you're using WordPress, it is relatively easy to add a contact form yourself. And if not, then you should probably look at hiring a developer to help you with that contact form. Now, installing a contact form on an existing website is is not going to be as expensive by any means as, as designing the website in the first place. And I think it's going to be an investment that will pay off over time. So have a think about your contact form as well. So let me just go through this 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 process again because I think I think a lot of people just really don't understand how this works and lots of people talk about blogging and they talk about blogging for the right audience but I would just like you to think because this is a this is a process that I that I've been through and it works amazingly well and I've worked with many 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 clients as a result of this strategy. Now it it isn't a short-term strategy. And the reason it isn't a short-term strategy is you can't expect to put up a blog on a Monday and have Google index it by Friday and have people who are searching for your term find your article the next Monday. It, it just doesn't work like that. It, it takes time. And therefore, it is important to get into this routine where you're not too worried about the immediate results, but you know that they are building up over time. So if you are blogging every month, then after six months, well, yes, then then your articles will start to appear. They will start to be they will start to be listed. They will start to show up when someone enters a certain search term. So if you continue this process in the long term on an ongoing basis, then your articles will just become more and more recognized by Google. And as I've said before, it doesn't need to be articles in the blog section of your website. You can also be adding content in the about me section, in the our services section of your website, however you want to set it up. You can add content anywhere in your website, not just in that blog section. And then over time, this really does become an amazing, an amazing strategy. Now you can boost the speed at which this works by then promoting your blog and promoting your your articles because obviously Google is going to pick up on these things over time but if other people link to your articles and if other people link to your website and if other people open your blog and read your articles and this is where it is important that they are they are nice and uh, interesting and, and readable if people read your articles and stay on your website for a certain period of time and don't just bounce off immediately, what, what would be called a high bounce rate off your website, then your 
your website is seen as more popular. The more the Google algorithm sees your website or your articles as providing a solution to a particular problem, the more Google is then going to show that website when certain search terms are entered. So you can give that natural um, you can give that natural or that organic reach a little bit of a boost by posting your article, by sharing it online, by encouraging people to read it, by sharing it on LinkedIn, by tagging people when you share it on LinkedIn or adding the certain hashtags and, and things like that. So you can definitely boost your article. You can even direct paid ads to your article if you if you want to or to a certain part of your website. So there are things you can do to speed up the process. But I think in general, if you write great content that is interesting, that is directed at a particular target audience, then over time, your website will become particularly, will become popular. The other thing to take into account as well is that this is not necessarily going to be written in English. It depends what language your, your audience uses. If they are, if you are based in, in France and, and really looking for French speaking clients, then of course your website is in French. You might also choose to have a multilingual website and have two sets of content, let's say in English and in French, both of which are going to have different keywords, both of which are going to attract different types of clients. So these are all things that you should think about, but this is a strategy that builds up over time. It is incredibly effective. It is incredibly effective and it really does help you to get noticed in the search engines for those certain keywords. Now, I'm not talking about short tail keywords, and let me just uh, let me just drift off a moment into short tail and long term. If you are targeting a word like translator or French translator, let's say, then you're going to be um, up against so much competition. If you look at French translator, French translation services, translate documents, uh, French to English or English to French, and so on and so on. Those are a short tail keywords and because they're short tail keywords, they're very competitive and it's going to be difficult for you to rank for those keywords. And what do I mean by rank? I mean that it's going to be difficult for you, for your content to show up when someone enters the keyword French translator because there's so many French translators out there. Now, how do you, how do you get your, your website to stand out? Well, by adding those longer tail keywords. So if you are a French to English financial translator, then that already is a long tail keyword. So French to English financial translator, French to English financial translation. And if you are producing articles or blog posts that include those keywords, then that over time is going to be very effective. And you're going to pick up the people or attract the people who are looking for those longer tail keywords. So have a think about what longer tail keywords might describe you and your services. And I will give you two, two tips for, for thinking about them. One is to think about your areas of specialization. Your, so your language pair, first of all then your areas of, of specialization. So is that is that financial? And then to think about your, your location. So let's say that that particular translator is based in London. So we're looking at French to English translator, London. Now London's a, 
a big city and, and London has a, a lot of competition from different translators. So again, that might require even more, uh, any, another level of specialization. But if you are a French to English translator based in a less populous town or city, then you are immediately going to stand out for that particular that particular keyword or if you're a French to English translator based in based in Germany or based in 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 in, uh, in South America or wherever it might be so you really need to think about what makes you unique and what makes you special and and your language pair well that goes some way to making you unique but then if you add in areas of specialization well then that's that's really taking it to another level. If you then add in your location, then there aren't going to be many people with your language pair, with your areas of specialization in your location. And if someone is looking for that combination, then you are likely to show up. Now, the flip side of this, of course, is that the more specialized you get, um, the fewer people are, that are going to be looking for that particular combination. So if someone is looking for a French to English medical translator based in a, uh, a small city in Bolivia, well, you're probably not going to get that many people searching for that particular person. So you do need to, you do need to balance it, of course, and, uh, and figure out what keywords you, you want to go with. And it might be French to English medical translator or, or something like that. And you can also add in your location. So you might pick up a couple of different types of, of client. Let's say you're a French to English medical translator based in Brazil. Well, you might pick up people who are looking for a French to English English translator based in Brazil without necessarily the medical and that might be of interest to you or you might also focus on French to English medical translation on on a global scale so there are different ways of doing this but if you write the keywords if you write the articles with the correct keywords then over time you are going to attract your clients now let me just say a, a word or two about writing um, writing those articles I think if you are writing blog posts you really do need to be writing for your audience and you need to be providing a solution to them. So they might be asking certain questions. One of the questions is often how much does a how much does a translation cost? How much does a French to English translation cost? How much does medical translation cost? And you can go some way to answering that question even if you don't provide the exact rates. You might include top 10 lists, so top 10 things to keep in mind when hiring a German to English financial translator or or just a financial translator, top 10 things to keep in mind. But you really want to be focusing on your audience and, and try and figure out the questions that they are going to be ask, asking. So how to hire the right translator, for example. The how-to questions are often very popular and uh, and very effective. So that's a, a few things that I'd like you to, to keep in mind when approaching this very powerful strategy of blog writing. And, and I think uh, there's a, a certain degree of confusion about it, but it is incredibly, incredibly effective. So what are the steps? Step one, obviously, is to, to get a website that you have control over. Step two is to start writing for your target audience on a regular basis. So once you have these posts up, they will start to get indexed by Google. Then what is going to happen? People are going to be searching for a certain term based on the services you offer. Google's going to pick up the keywords that it has that you have in your blog posts or in your articles. It's going to show that person 
your article in the search results. They're then going to click on your article, at least sometimes. They're going to visit your website. They're going to scan through your content, not necessarily read it. They're going to click on that call to action button. They're going to be taken to a contact form. They're going to fill in the contact form, hopefully upload a file as well for a quote for a specific translation service. You are then going to receive that email with those details and you're ready to, to really respond to them and to take, take it to the next part of the process, which is to tell them why you are the best person for that particular job and obviously give them a uh, send them a proposal or, or provide them with a quote and then take it to the next stage. So that's more or less how this whole thing works. I hope it makes sense, but please do let me know if you have any questions. Of course, you can ask uh, ask these questions in the pros.com Facebook group, pros.com translators and interpreters. If you aren't a, a member of that group for any reason, I would really encourage you to head on over to Facebook and, and join that group. You can ask any question you want to, to me in, in that group and we can keep the conversation going. But this is an incredibly effective way of getting new clients and I would really encourage you to do it. It doesn't take huge amounts of time, especially if you do it, let's say, once every two weeks and just get into that routine of posting those articles on, on your website, building up articles with the correct keywords, attracting the right potential clients and then closing those deals and bringing more clients into your business. So I hope that helps. Please do let me know if you have any questions. And uh, well, thank you very much. Okay, so I hope you found that uh, that that useful uh, that uh, segment about blogging. It really is a, a great way to uh, kickstart your your business and to get more clients. If you'd like to find out more about how to get more clients for your translation business or for your work as a your your freelance operation, if you like, then I'd strongly suggest that you check out the How to Get More Clients course over at training.pros.com. Now, I could tell you lots about how great the course is and how much it includes and, and how, <laughs> what great value it is for the price. But I think the, the, the best way of, of, of sharing what the course is all about is really through a few testimonials. So I'm going to read you three testimonials very quickly about the course, How to Get More Clients. So this first one is from Cassandra Johnson. She writes, I really enjoyed the course. Getting more details and variety about how to approach potential clients and networking was really helpful. I like the templates and how language was included for addressing people during networking, submitting a proposal and closing a deal. Natalia Garina writes, this is an extremely useful course, well packed with practical advice on completion. I am feeling much more confident and enthusiastic about reaching my business and personal goals. Thank you, Paul, and everybody who contributed to putting together the course. And finally, Adriana Guzman writes, I'm very pleased that I took this course. I feel confident to begin my own translation business as I have always worked with agencies. My mindset changed a lot. So many useful tips and tools. The speakers were very knowledgeable. So really some, some great testimonials there and something that I hope can help you to uh, take the decision if you are considering that course. Check it out at training.pros.com. Thanks very much for tuning in this week. I'll be back next week. All the very best. Take care. Bye-bye.